Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. You guys, it's 2020. 2020. 2020. Truly a year all about new metal in ways we never could have expected. And today we're talking about a band that's doing some newer new metal, so we've been told. And we're checking them out. It's Bring Me the Horizon and their album, Sepaternal. We're going to talk all about this record today. Very excited to talk about it. But you guys... We got a mega one here. We got to get into it. We got to talk about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? So Friday. I don't know how you guys listening spend your Friday, but for us, Roach Coach, we all get up, might send each other a quick text about something. Maybe we don't say anything to each other at all. Depends. Depends. But this Friday, we woke up, hopped on the old social media, hopped on Twitter, and we had a tweet from Nigel. He said, wow, is this the first new metal album of 2020? And included a link to Poppy's new album, I Disagree. Are you talking about art pop project Poppy, the computer simulated person played by an actual pop star who took on this persona to further her own career? That is exactly who I'm talking about, Matt. What? So I see this, and I'm like, what is this? And then Nigel proceeds to give us a whole thread, just breaking down this album, track by track. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. But he says, he said a few key things that got us all going, we got to hear this thing. He says, first, first he goes, honestly, I don't think it's new metal as we know it. But if new metal wasn't invented until 2020, this is what it could sound like. And then he said, album opens with a siren. Always a good sign of new metal to follow. So Matt, you heard this record first. You sent the text out. You said you defined. You just said this album is bananas, bonkers, bonkers, nuts. And then so I, I said I'd leave it to the dean for consideration. And I appreciate that. So I put this thing on on my lunch break, and I am cackling. I am overjoyed. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if if I'm really hearing this. I couldn't believe it. This thing is all over the place. It's giving me ha- maximum the hormone vibes, but it also is still going into this like new metal vein, but also in a Manson vein, all over the place, going nuts. So then, Jenny, you gave it the old listen. You gave it two listens. I did. What did you I, think? I wasn't quite sure what to think at first. It was definitely bonkers, but I got into it. I really, really did enjoy it. Um, I was preparing dinner, chopping vegetables, mm. <laughs> listening to it. Sweet Mitchell Uh-oh. came downstairs, said, why are you listening to Dragon Force? <laughs> not even what Dragon Force sounds like, first of all. <laughs> he just roasted me. I tried to get him roasted. to... Roasted. He roasted me, yeah. I, I left to go pick up our dog uh, from Doggy Daycare, and I was listening to it, and so I sent him one of the poppier tracks, and I, not... Uh, pop pop music we get it we okay. get it uh and i said listen to this it's a fun pop track and he screenshotted the name of the album called i disagree and just sent that to <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> so 
So oh, warehouse wow. divided on Poppy, but I am uh, firmly pro. Do you want me to play a few seconds of Concrete, the kickoff track to this? You got to play Concrete because Concrete's too hot. You got to do it. All right, here we go. That lyric is just incredible. Bury me six feet deep, cover me in concrete, turn me into a street. It's next level. I can't explain it. Every time I hear it, I love it. And then on top of it, so I want. I went down. Matt, you went down a deep poppy hole, as did I. Watching. It's very videos. easy. She yeah. has years and years of stuff out there already. Yeah. And I listened to an interview she gave on Apple Music right before this came out, and they were like, so this album title, I disagree, where's that from? And she's like, there's a lot of things that I disagree with, and that's why I called it this. And you know what? I could see someone saying that answer is stupid and pat, but it it had enough level of just like, ooh, like, like I don't know, it had more weight to it than I think a lot of people want to like i don't know like you could put so much on it and then you watch the music video where she's like setting like a boardroom full of old white men on fire and the i disagree takes even more weight on well this is the because she was on mad decent which was diplo's label Mm -hmm. she left that and is now on the record that record label that she put this out with which is i can't tell you because i don't remember sumerian sumerian you got it so this yeah and then she left her longtime collaborator, uh, Titanic Sinclair. So this is kind of like her first quote unquote solo project. I love it. I highly recommend it. It's Jenny, insane. It's nuts. Jenny, also, the length of this album. Incredibly respectful of our time. It's it's about a half an hour long. It's ten Perfect. songs, thirty five minutes. Yeah. Perfect. It's great. It made it very easy for me to listen to it multiple times. Yeah. there's a moment uh, in concrete and everything that you've heard is insane but there's a moment where it just breaks into a pop song version Mm -hmm. of this and i just go oh this feels like a study in music to basically say it's all the same right Mm -hmm. like because just kind of following the poppy trajectory she tried to break as like a manufactured pop star, mm-hmm. kind of like the Japanese um, full CGI star. 
mm-hmm. you know, the one that can actually play concert arenas over there. I forget what's I forget her name. I can't remember. Either. But you know what I'm talking about. Yes, like, yeah. They were trying to. It felt like they were trying to do the same thing with Poppy with really sugary bubblegum pop songs. And then she, recently she's just like, well, why don't I just do this? Poppy asserted control. That's really what happened. You can't control this girl. She disagrees. She disagrees. Well, uh, somebody doesn't like Poppy. Besides, <laughs> I'll tell you who it is. Yeah. Oh, Internet yeah. bad boy. In real life, one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet. <laughs> Slap a keyboard in front of the guy. <laughs> All things are bound to go wild. Brad Hicks says, happy to hear Poppy rip off everyone from Methods of Mayhem to Billie Eilish to Nine Inch Nails in an attempt to make a horrid new metal record. Just waiting for her to receive a message from Opticon. Oh, so, shots fired. Shots, shots fired. fired. Shots, shots fired. fired. You know, everybody's got an opinion, man. Everybody does. Everybody That's does. Okay. Oh, God yeah. knows we can't. I right? personally can't give anybody shit. Absolutely. For not something. So true. And also, Poppy is going to be in concert in Detroit. We're talking about it. We're talking about it. I think we got to make it happen. I think we got to make it happen. Jenny. Yeah. Are we, we going to make this thing happen? Yeah. All I'll right. Go. There go. you go. There you go. There you go. Mitch can stay home with the doggie. Yeah. Mitch, <laughs> Mitch is not going to want to come to Poppy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, yeah, we highly recommend Poppy. Also, we got to talk about who's emailing. Who's emailing? Who is? Well, I'll tell you. It's cool Kev. Cool Kev sent us an email, the subject being, can we get some Manson? He says, hey, all really big fan of the podcast. I've made my way through most of the episodes, and I've noticed you cite Marilyn Manson as an influence for many of the bands you review on the show. My favorite band from high school that I still listen to now is a straight-laced adult. I was wondering if you might consider for a few episodes dedicated to some of his work, specifically the Antichrist Superstar Mechanical Animals Hollywood era. There are some seriously priceless moments on some of these records. His most new metal work was probably the golden age of grotesque, but you have to at least do some of the others before you get that one. Though not expressly new metal, the sound is there in a lot of their work from the 90s and early 2000s, and they were at their most popular during the years when the genre was booming. It would be a lot of fun to listen to you guys make your way through his work. Keep the episodes coming, and thank you for lovingly lambasting all of the music I grew up listening to. You're welcome. Thanks for writing in, Kev. Thank you, Cool Kev. Um, People have asked us about doing some Manson before. Um, I don't know if we would do all those records, but I mean, I feel like maybe down the line, maybe we do an Antichrist episode. I could see that happening. I could see that happening. So we'll put that in the old idea bag of uh, possible episodes thank you so much for the recommendation and uh we gotta you know i always love this feature it's called who's sliding into the dms who's sliding into those dms who is we got a dm on instagram from a tribe called conquest who said oh yeah well i've listened to every episode lol and even the endo had a sweet spot for me i understand the criticism And that's why I love the podcast. All these bands I used to love, you get to look back on and appreciate the little things that make that song or album great. 
After all the time, BS, mainstream critiques, popularity passes, you get to realize what the artists and the bands had to offer. When you go back and actually listen to the album, you realize, holy fuck, maybe new metal was ahead of its time because now more than ever, I think of a genre of metal that mixes a bit of everything works. Am I wrong? You ain't wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. wrong. Thank you for sliding into those DMs. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks for listening to every episode. Thank you. Yeah, more so. Anybody who's listened to every episode. We know we have some some sweet roach riders out there, some indigo angels, been there since day one, and some that hopped on and caught up. Yeah, that's a, that's a long trip. That's a, a long, long trip. Long Thank trip. You. Hopefully Thank we you. made your work trips better. Let's yeah. go with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's something I want to talk about. Go. Who's on other podcasts? Who's who? on other podcasts? Who? who is? Lauren, it's you. It's me. Whoa, this, what did you do? He's on this week's episodes of Travis Bickle on the Riviera talking about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and Six Underground, and promoting our live show. Appreciate that. Live yeah. show? What's that about? <sighs> well, I'll tell you that, too. On Sunday, January 19th, this Sunday, 2 p.m. at Go Comedy Improv Theater in Ferndale, Michigan, we are doing a live show as part of Snow Day, which is a 26-hour improv improv marathon uh, that benefits all sorts of great charities that help folks who are uh, dealing with cancer and cancer research. So uh, come on out to that. And opening up our block of the show is the truth cast i'm so excited about this you gotta you gotta listen to the truth cast you gotta see this truth show there's some funny dudes talking about kooky stuff conspiracy <laughs> theories yeah and uh, i know their guest very personally it's me um, oh i see i was wondering who was <laughs> yeah it will be the truth hound uh andy bones uh that you can fill in the rest in your mind all right, we got a truth dog coming up. Lauren, you want to say anything uh, more about this Travis Bickle on the Riviera? You know what? It's uh, one of my favorite movie podcasts. I love those guys. I love Tucker. I love Sean. I love everybody there. Um, uh, actually, listener of the show, Michelle Fief, if I'm saying that right, uh, did their uh, artwork um, for the show. And uh, I think he found out about us because he they talked about our show on their show. So it was great to be on there to talk movies. And Tucker was very excited that we are going to be talking about Jay-Z Lincoln Park on our live show. As uh, that is that record, as I'm finding just speaking with people, people are hyped because that is a huge record for people who are deep into working out and lifting the CrossFit community. Oh, yeah. They're into jay-z mixed with lincoln park that's what they need so uh yeah so definitely uh check out that episode streaming now and definitely come on down to our live show this sunday the 19th 2 p.m go comedy improv theater and finally you know we got some rob zombie feedback rob Rob zombie feedback that's feedback uh (laughs) (laughs) Over on Facebook, uh, Mike Newton said, 
So Limp Biscuits' $3 Bill Y'all was my first new metal album, and Hellbilly Deluxe followed right behind it. The cover had me so intrigued that I just had to have it, and while I don't listen to it often anymore, it holds so many good memories of backyard wrestling with my buddies. Channel X was my theme song to walk out to, LOL. While this album is in no way new metal, it has its spot in the history. The fact that he toured with Korn often and associated himself with so many new metal artists at the time, it's almost like he was kind of adopted into the genre. A distant badass cover that was into all kinds of weird shit but you desperately wanted to hang out with at family reunions awesome album awesome episode and i'm so glad y'all did this one knowing it wasn't in the genre but deserved its spot on the show keep on rolling thank you mike thank you uh carlo says dragula is the perfect song to tag graffiti on the streets of tokyo and jet set radio for the dreamcast oh fuck yes it's the hot rod herman remix however which has been in the matrix and other games like gran turismo 2 and twisted metal 4 there you go. go. Thank you. Ah, uh, yeah, Jet Set Radio, man, that's going back. That is, that's going back. That's a classic. That's a classic. Jake Leach said, "This was great, Jenny. I too am a huge fan of Rob Zombie interviews. He's such an ele- intelligent, interesting, visionary artist." Thank you, Jake. Uh, Chris Freeman says this was the second album I ever bought after Bush Sixteen Stone on cassette. Nonetheless, this seemed like the edgiest most evil and spooky thing I'd ever heard to that point. Both great albums. Indeed. Steve Hands said, great episode. I personally love this album, but agree it's not new metal. Meet the Creeper is an absolute banger. Zombie's finest moment as a solo artist. I gotta say his albums after this are a bit up and down, but love that he's got John Five and Ginger Fish in the band who are both incredible musicians, metal fingers, and Daniel Hedger responded and said, this album also opens up the possibility of them covering a Marilyn Manson album. The Manson push is real, you guys. Want us to go on a creepy crawl? Oh. Maybe we will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, Andrew Goodman says, another contendo for the best yeah in the biz would be Lil John. Lil John. Apparently I gave it a little <laughs> Ooh, French. Ooh, little French flair. <laughs> oh, Lil John. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Personally, I'd give John the edge, and his yeahs are more or less the reason he has a career at this point. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, my favorite. My, what, uh, Matt, what's your favorite Lil Jean song? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I do enjoy his yeah with Usher. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, mean, yeah with Usher. 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 <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, finally, Daniel Hedger said, Great episode, everyone. I love the idea of covering albums like this because of when it came out and how it was perceived back then. It got me thinking that I'd love to see more albums covered in the future that aren't strictly new metal, but were playing with the same influences, milieu, etc. It's also interesting to look at how much how time lumped artists together when they didn't have that much in common, e.g. that Family Values tour with Stone Temple Pilots. This seems like another slight push for Manson. This Manson Manson push is Charles real. Manson. Not a oh, Charles Manson. You like my Christmas track? We loved, did. Loved yeah. it, Charles. I loved it so much. Are you? Yeah, are I'm you, grounded again. My my heart uh, hit. What? Mm-hmm. It's it's a new year, new you, Charles. I know. I tried to do it. I, I tried to do it right, and then she heard the necromaster on that track, and she said it was too much. You know. Uh, Charles, I gotta say, I think your mom is just doing what's best for you. I, I know. See, <laughs> I know you know. 
you know, your Charles, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm 16 years old. I know. He's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. I'm, I have high hopes he's for him. He's a beast on the mic. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he is, but he's always so clean. That's he true. He looks freshly showered. Mm-hmm. That is it for Who's Tweeting. Keep on saying hello. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email of your album recommendations or just want to say hello. Tell us a story about a new metal band that you met. We love to hear all about it. Roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. The album of the week, you guys, it's Bring Me the Horizon, Sempaternal. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on April 1st, 2013. Oh boy. I believe that is um my parents told me about this party. I believe you're right, Matt. I think uh, so. Yeah, wow, that is super new. This is some new new. Jenny, history with Bring Me the Horizon. Uh, my only history with this band is hearing about it from recommendations people uh gave us on the show. That's all. How about you, Lauren? I actually found out about these guys while uh reading about Paramore's album that was self-titled that they put out that I'm a big fan of and I was going through the part where they on Wikipedia where they say all of the awards that it's won and it showed that it was nominated for album of the year at the alternative press awards in like 2013 2014 I think it was 2014 but it said that it only was nominated and it didn't win and I was like didn't win this record's amazing. Who who beat it? These guys with this record. Whoa. I was like, what? I never even heard of these guys. Who? So I immediately look this up. End up going down a Bring Me the Horizon hole. And I've spent the last few years acclimating myself to these guys, getting real into it to the point where they put a record out at the beginning of last year called Amo. Ended up being number two on my albums list that I made at the end of 2019. So I'm pretty, I got pretty deep into the Bring Me the Horizon world. Pretty deep. Uh, Matt Nas, Bring Me the Horizon. Um, I listened to Ammo because of your recommendation, because you were very positive to it. I liked it, but I have not gone into their back catalog. I would not say that I was blown away or bowled over by the band, but I thought that it was really good. All right. So, uh, Jenny, who's in Bring Me the Horizon on this album? Uh, Oh, on this album? Let me tell you, Lauren. (laughs) On this album, uh, the Bring Me the Horizon, the band, is made up of Oliver. (laughs) Hold it. So you're going to tell me the band members that are on this album. Yeah. I may or may not have been looking up their other albums because I feel like Lauren recommended one to me and I thought I may have listened to it and forgot about it. <laughs> I may have been doing that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. okay. That's fine. That's fine. But Jenny, <laughs> if you could. <laughs> on, a, on this album? <laughs> on this one. The one we're going to listen to? The one that, yeah, the one that we're going to go for okay. right well, now. On this album, <laughs> Bring Me the Horizon is Oliver Sykes. On lead vocals, programming, and additional guitars. Lee Malia on lead and rhythm guitars. Matt Keen on bass guitar. 
Matt Nichols on drums and percussion, and Jordan Fish on keyboards, synth, programming, samples, percussion, and backing vocals. Um, There's also some controversy around uh, Jonah Weinhofen, who was a rhythm guitarist in the band previous to this record. Um, he left in January of 2013, and there's like lots of controversy about uh, what he says he contributed and what the band says he contributed. It's a whole thing. But that's who's on in this the band on this on this record. Semp-eternal. Sempaternal. Sempaternal. So um, one thing I found about this band when I first found out that they defeated my beloved Paramore at the Alternative Press Awards was I watched Oliver Sykes, or Ollie, as he's called by the superfans. I watched his, uh, his speech, his acceptance speech, where he admitted that this that this record was all about him uh dealing with getting out of rehab for an addiction to ketamine and that his family hated him his band hated him and he had to get through it and this album saved his life wow i have to ask just because i don't know is this another band where they have a lot of lineup changes uh i'm not and i'm not talking about this album I'm asking about another <laughs> different album. So wait, 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 not Matt. This album. Not this album. Right. Different album. Because I okay. think we just heard the lineup for this album. But, but it might be it might be different on another album, I think is what Matt is saying. Oh. Jenny. Is there might be a different lineup I of people. I mean. Uh it looks pretty it's not truly metalcore in that Okay. It looks That's like, what I was checking. It looks like there are a couple changes, but um not too many for the most part for the most part it's been a pretty solid deal on the band yeah i watched a bunch of the videos like from before and after this album and it's a lot of the same faces so not too much um not too much change up yeah with these guys i actually did get into a deep dive where i did listen back to the older stuff and um well i guess let's get into the genre tags jenny what do we got for genre tags here uh on this album on this on this album, on yeah. On this album, yes. it's metalcore, post-hardcore, alternative rock, electronic horror, hard rock, and alternative metal. So lots of genres there, and it was said, I can't find the exact quote here, but when Oliver came out of rehab, he told someone that before this album, before that experience, all he wanted to do was scream. And when he came out of rehab, all he wanted to do was sing. Hmm. And if you listen to the, the the previous albums, it is all screaming. It's all screaming to like just he's shredding his throat. And then this record is when the singing starts. And the singing is only ramped up. I, I would say, Amo, Matt, you could probably attest to that is hardly any screaming and almost all singing um so that and they just seem to be sort of experimenting with the sound of getting into i don't want to spoil anything but i mean getting more into that lincoln park vibe and getting away from it actually i think just as a good example of where this band was to where they went matt can you pull up from a different album not from this album that we're going to talk about from a different album i'm not telling you shit okay okay that's fair that's fair (laughs) 
Uh, but Matt, if you if you can go to the album uh, "Suicide Season," okay, which is their second record, go to the track that's called "Chelsea Smile." Here we go. Okay. So that's where they were in 2008. Uh, that record only has a genre tag of metalcore, straight up. That was it. You know, we got to talk about Jenny. Here's the thing. They're making this move. They're getting away from this metalcore sound. They're mixing up the genres. They're involving their keyboardist way more. Who'd they get to produce this bad boy? This album was produced. This album. Was this produced, album. Sempaternal. Was produced by Terry Date. Whoa. Got the date boy. I don't know why I <laughs> that. I'm really being a, a true dad tonight. They got the date boy. They got the date boy. They got the date boy. <laughs> cool. Can't wait to see where this goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they got Terry Date. Um, also, wasn't this the album, if I remember what I read correctly, they did not have anybody on keyboards officially. Weren't they a five-piece band before this? And then this is where they became a six-piece band and brought in their keyboard player? Um, Wikipedia, Wikipedia, hello, said this is the <laughs> first album to feature former worship keyboardist Jordan Fish. Um, and it was believed to be the last album to feature guitarist Jonah Weinhofen. Oh man, this Jonah thing is just a whole thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he's an official member on this. And these liner notes are, um, very elaborate. Um, it looks like it has, I think this is the first album we've ever done that looks like it's got a, an ornate rug on the cover. Yeah, that's true. Um, even actually looking at it, it does look like, yeah, it literally does look like a rug. It probably is a rug. They put all their thank yous underneath the CD. So it's just a mess trying to read this thing. Well, Jordan is listed. So yeah, I think this is where he became part of the, Uh, that's what I was saying. Oh, I get what you're saying. Sort of like the same thing of the, um, the guy who's the DJ in Deftones didn't get to be an official member until like three albums in, even though he'd been hanging out and you see him in the liner notes and stuff. What a feeling that must be. They're like, you know what? Let's just let's just make it official. You've been pressing them keys over there. It's you've Facebook been, official. You've been booping and beeping it. Let's let's just make it boop beep official. Yeah. Oh. That's good for them. Yeah. Uh this was a very successful album. Debuted number three on the UK album chart, number eleven on the US Billboard two hundred. And it received critical acclaim. I'm not going to read you any reviews, but I'm just going to hit you with some stars. If you got, here's the thing: if you are prone to seizures, watch out because I'm about to throw some stars in your eyes. All music four stars. Alternative press four and a half. Kerrang five out of five. Loudwire four and a half. Metal Hammer four and a half. Enemy eight out of ten. It's a lot of stars. That's a lot of stars. A lot of stars. People were into it. All right, so we got oh, and then on these it was on all these best of the year lists. I told you already, alternative press best album of twenty, the best album of the year, Metal Hammer. It was ranked number three hundred greatest metal albums of the twenty first century. What? That's yeah. T- you heard me. You heard me. Did not stutter. That was Metal Hammer. 
Holy UK. crap. UK, man. They're crazy. Kerrang! Number one best album of 2013. I could go on. They're on all these lists. This record. People were into it. Um, this was a big thrift. Picked this bad boy up from the Decluttered Store. There it is. For a sweet $4.49. That's a good deal. Maybe whoever put that up for sale didn't agree with the critics. Maybe they were just like, you know what? I love it, but I got to make some room. I got to make some room on my shelf. You know? That could be it. They, they're like, you know what? I got to make room for other albums that aren't this album. Different albums. That's not probably this album. Not this album. They're like, I got to they make room for other albums. Got not it. this one. Not okay, perfect. This not this okay. one. Though. Well, are we ready to listen to this <laughs> album? <laughs> I'm ready. Stretch. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, the first track on this album is called Can You Feel My Heart? Jenny, thoughts on Can You Feel My Heart? Uh, this definitely was not what I was expecting at all. Hmm. Um, I was expecting a lot more of a straight metalcore vibe. Um, but we got a brute. I don't even know if it's a broody boy. It's a very emotional boy. Very emotional. Angsty boy for sure. Um, I liked it. I don't know. It's not the kind of hot open... It's not the kind of song I would normally think of as a hot open, but it definitely was uh, an interesting song. I thought it was good. Not new metal. It ain't new metal. What do you think, Lauren? Yeah, we had the synthy boys going on. It gave me like a little bit Linkin Park, but only a little bit um, because it still didn't. It it leaned way more into the synth stuff than I expected. Um, Even having heard... I listened to these albums basically in reverse and no, actually I listened to them all out of order. Cause I think I listened to that's the spirit, which is the album after this one. And then I went back to suicide season and then I listened to the album after that, which has an extremely long title that I won't even get into. And so when I got to this one, it was, I, I didn't even have it in my head of like what the order was, what they were going for. But yeah, this one, I, you know, I, I even wrote in my notes, like, it's like you have the Linkin Park sounds, Linkin Park vocals, but it isn't really new metal, but it does feel definitely like a transitional move. 
that like they let him know we're not starting off super hot, super screamy. We are emotional boys, and uh, we're gonna get a little more raw and real in a way that we haven't before. That was my vibe, Matt. What'd you think? Um, you know, I was taken out a little bit, like the um. Once it drops in and it kind of locks itself in a little bit more, I liked it. The it's in four four, I would think, so that standard time. But the drummer is playing almost like it's in seven four, like he's the way that he like stutters the uh, snare, like normal, like real simple rudimentary would be like, not rudiments as in a drumming rudiment, but like four four would be like bam 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 ba. Bah, 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 bah. but he doesn't do that he kind of like st- he spaces it so it sounds a little disconnected mm-hmm. it's intentional it's 100% what the song is going for it is a little jarring for me as a listener and well I don't know why it is but it just was like that's a weird like I can't get into that beat like when I think I'm probably right at a place where you can hear it but it's like uh, no, I'm not. But anyway, I don't know. It was. It was. I like his vocals. Yeah, I yeah. like his vocals. There it is. This is the insight that you get from the Roach Coach, baby. Usually, it's me offering those types of insights. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad to hear you two are stepping up to the fucking plate. <laughs> Uh, so songmeanings.com. I don't want to blow anybody's minds, but even in 2013, people were showing up to chat about the old horizon or is it the bring me's? I don't know. We'll have to work on that. Uh, uh, this person's name was, uh, Masato, Masato, Masato. I don't know. Uh, They said the whole song is basically about him trying to find different ways to escape his problems through drugs, alcohol, or people. All the questions he asked are directed at someone. He's trying to find someone who will fix him. He's talking about how he tried using drugs and alcohol to get rid of his demons. The higher I get, the lower I'll sink. When he's high, he thinks too much, which brings him down. I can't drown my demons. They know how to swim. Trying to drown his sorrows and alcohol doesn't work because even while drunk, they still come to him. Pretty heavy. Pretty heavy heavy stuff well let's just let's just keep going on this album just this um, album jenny this let's album, keep going the yes. next track is the house of wolves <laughs> Anywhere else I need to go in the track. Matt, you're going to need to go to 140, my friend. You got it, buddy. When you die, the only kingdom you'll see is two for wide and six for day. Yeah. 
right. All right. If I may read from my notes, of course, this song fucking rules. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> of course, uh, this song fucking rules. I what did I just knock something over in my excitement over here? Uh, I wrote riffs. We are rocking. I'm all about this one, and this really in this thing, you are getting all of it. You're getting the metal core, but then we're pushing through some emo. Then we get to that brick by brick by brick part, which is a little pop punk. But then you also get a bit of an LP, Linkin Park, new sound in there. Anti-religion track. This thing's hot as fuck. All on board for House of Wolves. Jenny, thoughts? Uh, I enjoyed this one. I liked the breakdown. It definitely gave me a lot more of a metalcore vibe. Um, I really like his vocals. I really like the drums. I think the drums sound good. Um, definitely an anti-religion track. I find I found that to be a little corny, but other than that, I mean, I really enjoyed it, and I got it. The whole two foot wide, six foot deep. I got caught up in the numbers. <laughs> I was like, is it two feet? <laughs> I haven't been around that many open graves, but I was like, two feet. Is that big enough? <laughs> Am I? <laughs> My two feet wide. I got to say, I responded to that part not in the way that they would have wanted me to, but I just started doing the math, and uh, uh, I guess two feet would be about right. That seems small because you got to lower the casket down there, right? <laughs> but three feet wide and six feet deep—that doesn't. I'm sure there's got to be some sort of melodic or lyrical reason in which he decided or maybe maybe he's dealing with somebody who's being buried in a grave without a casket that's true or maybe it is just two feet and my grave math is wrong if someone can let us know two feet wide (laughs) six feet deep does that sound right for a grave because we are not going to look it up we're not looking this up (laughs) absolutely not roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com send us an email all with your grave info matt thoughts on house of wolves loved it there loved it. it is there it is songmeanings.com everybody showed up for this one jenny any favorite comments i mean not really <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to dig into this hornet's nest of comments <laughs> I mean, I do. Okay. Well, my favorite comment is it's not so much the comment, but just the aggressive downvoting of the comment. That's like very <laughs> innocuous. Uh-huh. Crazy Leo says, maybe there are Christians who do know God exists and it's just aggressively downvoted. Six downvotes. Uh, <laughs> and then look at the response. You get yeah, negative. Respondent st- says, Crazy Leo, you live up to your nickname. Gotcha. <laughs> That's a got him. It's such an innocuous, like, uh, you know, maybe people do know that. And everybody's like, no, no. Click, 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 downvote, downvote, downvote. And all of this happening, you know, 2013 or later, who knew song meanings was still kicking in this way? Mm-hmm. This is what it took. This is what it took. There's also a long definition of the difference between uh, being an atheist and being an agnostic. Um, look it up on your own time. Let's keep it going. All right. Up next on this album is Empire Let Them Sing. 
It's the start of the end. Surrender the throne. The blood on my hands covered the holes. We've been surrounded by vicious cycles. I'm with Julia alone. The scars on your eye, yours to atone. We've been surrounded. Let them sing. Let them search. If you can go to 220. Here you go, buddy. One second. I'm going to say it right now. Ollie's going for it. He's not half-stepping here. He's 110% showing up. Jenny, thoughts on Empire? Uh, again, I thought it was a good song. I think they sound great. I heard a little bit of the Linkin Park beepy boops. And I know it's not even a genre tag, but I was still looking for that sweet new metal. Not getting a ton of that. What do you think? Are you, are you getting new metal? Either, either of you? I am not. I was going to ask: Is there a touchstone that I'm missing, or an offshoot? So uh, I picked this record because I was, I was, um, I was, was I blowing leaves? I was doing something where I was listening to this album just offhand, not for the show, just listening to it, and I was getting hit with all these lyrical moments that were giving me huge new metal vibes. I think the first was the, the grave part, because um, we're talking about math, but also a threat, and it just hit me with a new metal, new metal situation. And then going back and just thinking about how these guys have sort of, these guys were heavily recommended for us uh, during November, and... I think what it is that this is an interesting record of sort of like a transition of them going out of metalcore into different sounds, a Linkin Park thing, what have you. Um, Ollie has been quoted as saying that like seeing Linkin Park in concert was like one of his first big inspirations for like starting his band. And so I was seeing it as almost like coming to new metal in sort of like a backwards way because he's not incorporating the sounds that we associate because his papa isn't the papa of the other bands. So the other band's papas are your rage, faith, no more body count, those guys. And his papa is Lincoln park 
and then a lot of these other sort of metalcore scene that he's coming out of. So he's got like a touch of the one plus these other things. So he's basically, it's sort of like what, uh, was it Nigel that said about Poppy? Is that like, if new metal hadn't been invented until blank year, until 2013, 2020, maybe it would sound more like this. And I think that's where I got more of it is that like, I don't think this is necessarily new in we understand as we understand it. And I think like a lot of the other bands that we did during November, especially bands like Islander, they're evoking like Deftones very specifically, you know, and that seemed to be like their lone touchstone. And this guy's like, I've got like a million along with Linkin Park and also Linkin Park. I think even Jenny, you would say you consider that definitely on like the lighter end, like the intro band, like everybody else is too heavy. We can get Linkin Park as your new metal intro. For sure. So I, I definitely didn't get like a ton on these listens, but there were little sprinklings in and I definitely see like the direction where it was going. I think on their next record, not this album, but the next one, definitely has more not this, one. not this one the next one i think definitely has more of a new metal uh vibe going on um but there is still sort of like the the beginning the beginning moments you know we there's some chuggy guitar every now and again the chester influence is very strong in the vocals so it's a very laser focused bit of new metal as opposed to just sort of a blanket sort of like ah corn ah coal chamber or something like that i see that okay. makes sense um yeah all right i think so all right up next we've got sleepwalking Yeah, so this feels sort of channeled through. Think of a song by Linkin Park like Crawling. Yep. You know, that same sort of vibe. But the, the, the Bring Me the Horizon twist is that Ollie makes this shit super specific and a bit more vivid. I, You know, I, I we all know Chester singing from a very real place on a lot of those songs, but still writing in a way that I think made it a little little broader a little broader and Uh-oh. this this feels, wait a minute you yeah. mean to tell me yeah that bring me the horizon might be i don't know broadening the audience I, i'm just saying 
all of them might have been sitting around, and he was like, these face tattoos ain't going to pay for themselves. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you don't know? Yeah, they're trying you know? to broaden their audience. He's still screaming. <laughs> you know, chicks, chicks dig a good scream, you know? I don't know. You, you know? I was talking to some chicks lately. Oh, whoa, whoa, somebody yeah. was talking to some chicks. I was. I had no choice. Oh, uh, no, what were you, where were you? I was at uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, uh. They were having a bed and sale. My back hurts. <laughs> uh, scaring. I don't know. I lost it. I I'm watching The Sopranos too much. I can't. I'm just about done. My back. <laughs> my back. I'm, I'm too deep oh. in The Sopranos to do oh, the talk and not. Oh, boy. Fully. I can't. Uh, I'm not a good actor. <laughs> you did great. You did great. Um, Jenny, what, what were your thoughts on sleepwalking? Um, I liked it. It definitely gave me a uh, like a Lincoln Park vibe. It felt a lot more poppy. Um, I was curious about what their earlier albums sounded like and if this was a departure because it kind of seemed like it must have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not given like what you said about like where you were, how you were thinking of this in terms of like new metal and the new metal canon, it makes a lot more sense to me. Um, Because this just sort of seemed like a pretty, I could see how this song, why the song was a single. They also did a video for the song that Mm. I did watch. Yes. I watched all the videos. Our boy Ollie's wearing a death shirt. The, uh, the Orlando metal band death. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. It made me wonder about uh, how much that had any influence on this. Doesn't sound anything like death. I don't even get a hint. I don't even get a whiff. Well, maybe a little bit and some of uh, maybe a little bit in mm. some of the other tracks and just in the same way that like you could kind of see like the sprinkles of new metal. I could see the sprinkles of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. Seemed like a pretty powerful pop song to me. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. the synthy boys, the synthy boys that pull me into that. It is. I, uh, there were two comments I wanted to point out on songmeanings.com. The first is from commenter Freaks Rock. Who, Which they do. 100%. 100%. No, one's to, no one is doubting that. Who said, this song is the bomb and it never gets old. Uh, this was written on December 17th, 2013. Um, so if you're just joining us, this album came out on April of 2013. There you have it. April to December. This song does not get old. And then there was a comment underneath that I thought was pretty interesting from Jess Hart XX, who said, I love this song so much. Bit off topic. Uh, has anyone heard of the band From Inside? Well, I read on Twitter that Ali Sykes and Jordan Fish have written all the music for them because they are good friends in the UK. Check out their music video for their single Be Yourself From Inside by searching on YouTube. It sounds very Bring Me the Horizon, but it's still ridiculously good, obviously. Mad that they are doing this too for friends bands now. Really love them. Tongue emoji. Okay. Nice little big up to another band. You're helping out. So then I uh, I went to Jess Hart XX's um, comment history. And um, you guys, uh, if I could just read this comment that um, they left on uh, Can You Feel My Heart. Uh, they said, 
I love this song so much. A bit off topic, has anyone heard of the band From Inside? Well, I read on Twitter that Ali Sykes and Jordan Fish have written all the music for them because they're good friends in the UK. Because uh, Check out their music video for their single Be Yourself From Inside by searching on YouTube. It sounds very Bring Me to the Horizon, but still it's ridiculously good, obviously. Mad that they are doing this too for friends bands now. Really love them too. Sticking out no- tongue emoji. Wait a, fucking, a fucking narc. This mm. same comment is on every single Bring Me the Horizon song on songmeetings.com. Well, they did list it as a song comparison and not general comment or my opinion. Jenny, are you... St- I are you just st- mean. Are- <laughs> wow. I'm a narc, too. Oh! <laughs> and I also would consider that a spammer. That's a spammer, my friend. It's a spam. I, I guess, you know what just throws me off is that I love this song so much. You know? They got to lure you in. Yeah, just, they got to sucker you in for that reason. I'm just like you. Also, I, have I, you heard this band that I have all the rights to? <laughs> anyway. Didn't like to be tricked. I don't like to be tricked. A little about me. I don't like to be tricked. All right. Are we ready for the next one? I think we you are. You got it. The next Lauren, no tricks, Kozlowski. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Uh, just so we're clear, on this album. Yes. On this album, the next song is Go to Hell for Heaven's Sake. If you can go to 245 for me. 245, you got it. Yes. You're not a shepherd. You're a sheep. Oh, fuck. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you just got called out. Oh, man. man. Oh, man. What the fuck am I doing with this hook? Then? 
Uh, these sandals in this robe. This is what? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I think I know the difference between a shepherd and a sheep. Wait a minute. Did that shepherd trick me into becoming a shepherd? Oh, my God. That shepherd's three sheep stacked on each other. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a man being sheared. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this one, I, I wrote in my notes... <laughs> oh, pube sweater. Sorry. Oh, gross. <laughs> this song is the hair shirt we wear. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I wrote in my notes that they are going big on this one. They're going for a big sound. We got some synthy boys, but also this symphonic thing going on. Um, this one also felt kind of Linkin Parky to me. Linkin Park, Linkin Park just seems to be like the overlaying touchstone of it. So if you're looking at it from that angle of new metal. Then that's what you're gonna get. If you're looking from it like a corn limp biscuit angle, you're you're probably not gonna see it too much. Or a drowning pool or a disturbed angle. Not really too much of that. Um the sheep line obviously really stuck out to me. Uh, th- that's the thing. Like listening to this album and doing my three listens, even more than that, really, because I had been listening to it prior to us picking it for the show, and just certain lyrics would pop out to me and that I feel like I wouldn't have caught years ago when I wasn't you know doing this show and you know hearing wake up sheeple songs every couple of weeks and so hearing that you know you're not a shepherd i remember just he said you're not a shepherd and my brain like split second goes oh is he about to say somebody's a fucking sheep oh he did oh that's so fucking good i love it yeah and then you know you're all flesh with no bone feeding to the sharks and throw them to the wolves i love all that stuff that stuff speaks to me in for it jenny thoughts uh, I enjoyed it. I also was with you when he said, uh, you're not a shepherd. I was like, there's that not new metal sentiment I was looking for. <laughs> I knew what was coming next. It's not my first rodeo. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I It is like, I when we listen to Linkin Park, I think a lot of times I was like wishing that it would go a little bit harder. I feel like they do that. Um, oh, I yeah. definitely... Yeah, I really did enjoy listening to this record. Um, I was surprised. The first time I wasn't sure, it kind of all started to bleed together for me. And I was like, I don't, I don't know about this shit. But yeah. a couple more times. And then we had an additional week a little bit longer than I thought we might have. So I listened to it a couple more times. And it really did start to grow on me. Um, it sounds great. Terry, date great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you should see if he wants that. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he says that. You think he says that? Oh, this sounds Terry Date great. And they're like, Terry. <laughs> he a cheese ball. <laughs> well, I uh I found to spinning knobs, baby. <laughs> I, I found it I found an interview. I found an interview with him that he did with the um with the Grammy, like it was like a Grammy um, lecture series, and he was speaking about his experiences producing Vulgar Display of Power and producing Deftones, and they intercut it with um, sort of just uh, one-on-one interviews that that he did. And he said that one of the key things for him is he's got to see a band live before he'll work with them, and that when he works with a band, he wants to feel like that they have like a vibe that he can lock into. 
And so knowing that and then looking through his resume, I feel like Terry Day's got like a real strong resume of albums. Although, Jenny, you're sort of like a bit on the fence about Terry Date. Sometimes he sounds a little too clean for me. Yeah. But not in this case. Yeah. So interesting that this is the one that you don't feel he's too clean on. Uh, I think maybe I just accept the cleanness of this particular sound from this band. I see. I And I know that Terry Date really cares about <laughs> what I think, as he should. So. What did she say? Um, wow. Yeah. Um, did this one have a video? I thought this one did. It did. Yeah. It did. Um, they're next to a chapel, I think. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, here's my notes on that one. It uh, borrows from a lot of people, decaying animals, hangings, and suicides, performing in a green screen church. At one point, I thought it was going to be the ring because of the tape degrading effects and the creepy girls. Hmm. Um, I'd say the most surprising aspect, though, was that they were performing in front of a green screen of a church instead of in a real church. At least that's what it looked like. If it was a real church, then it had a weird digital sheen to it. But on the YouTube screen I was looking at, it looked like they green screened the church in later. It also looked like a green screen church to me. There we have it. Matt? You down for go to hell for heaven's sake? I liked it. I liked it a lot. There you I'm go. down. He's down. If you want to go to songmeanings.com in your free time, you can read a comment from BLT786, who breaks down all of this about how it is a conversation between Ollie and Satan, also known as Lucifer, the light bearer, who many people forget that Satan is an actual person, not, and he's just not human. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, if you want to learn about that, songmeanings.com. If you check, want to learn more. Check out your local library. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, mm. All right. Uh, up next on this album, though, we have the song Shadow Moses. Man, I hope this is about Metal Gear.
So I got a real big new metal vibe from this one just because we're mixing up so many things. We're mixing up a Linkin Park sound. Then we go into like a Slipknot sound with that guitar. Then at one point it does that, I can only call a Slipknot bendy. And then he goes, fuck. And I'm just, you know, that's, that feels pretty new metal to me. Thoughts, opinions? Uh, I, I definitely got more new metal, at least in the like aggression and switching like loud, quiet, loud in this one. This is mm. the first single from the record, right? Uh, let me check. Uh, from this record. From yes. this record? From this record, It yes. was the first single. First single from this album, yes. From this album. In this video, they're playing <laughs> outside in the snow. They are. They should go inside. <laughs> it's too cold. What are I, you doing? I was like, they're looking cool, but they got to be cold. They got to be cold. I was like, not. A, did any of them have a jacket on? I don't think so. No. Plus, the no. one guy's drumming with flares. They're right. going for it. They'll, going. Be, they'll be found. They'll At be found. At least they had their emergency <laughs> pack with them. You yeah. It's worried. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I did enjoy this quite a bit. I was surprised that it was, it felt a little buried in the album, but uh, yeah, I guess I was just surprised to find this one here. I thought it would have been more toward the beginning, but the beginning seems to like rely a little bit more heavily on the, the bleepy bloopy mm-hmm. keyboard stuff. And one of the things I read talked about how initially when they were recording this album, um, they were pretty much just, like telling Jordan fish what they wanted him to do. And then as time went on, he became more uh, involved in the songwriting process and a lot of like what he wrote actually shaped a lot of the songs. So I'm wondering if when they were, by the time they got finished recording the album, when they were actually like laying out the tracks, if it, if it felt like those songs that maybe he had been more involved in should have been more prominently featured toward the top. I don't know. I'm writing a whole story for these guys. I have no reason to actually think that's true. I have a quick cue. Okay. Um, I wasn't joking. Um, Shadow Moses is a location that's very important in the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Is this song indirectly related to that? Um, well, is there a site that might delve into the meaning? Well, Matt, if we go to songmeanings.com, there's a song comparison from Jess Hart XX that says, I love this song so much. Bit off topic. Has anyone heard? Ah, oh, shit. I felt for it again. <laughs> God damn it. Well, Dimitri Vo did say, I guess it's about Metal Gear Solid's like storyline interpretation. I've never seen Shadow Moses anywhere else. This was downvoted. And then Special Eddie came in and said the title Shadow Moses was actually just used to be a working title to be changed during the final edits on the album. They never got around to changing it, which we all know. Don't write something down unless you want that <laughs> to be the name. That's what it's going to be called. Yeah. Uh, they recognize this, though, hence adding the intro music to sound like the theme from Shadow Moses in Metal Gear Solid. Uh, and then. Yeah. Everybody says, yeah, it's, it's it's not about that. But that is where Shadow Mod- Moses, Shadow Modus. So the, it's a cool name and, and they wrote it down on a piece of paper thinking they would come back. And That is, if song meanings is to be believed. Then I, yeah. It's a very believable story. I, I actually, if you go down to commenter Zombie UK No, 
who said the title of the song has a lot to do with the meaning. I'm not doing the work for you. Think about it. He was downvoted for that dickhead comment. And uh, commenter Special Eddie rolled in again and said, actually, the title was that they called it as a working title, plans to change it for the album's release. And then he said, sorry to kill your buzz, but that's what happened, I'm pretty sure. You get him, Special Eddie. You God, get him. Um, you get him. Special Eddie's there to get him. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's like they always say, yeah, first thought, best thought. If you're going to put it down, this is what's going to happen. Also, uh, fail to mention, this is the song where they mention the album title in the lyrics. Yeah. It's pretty killer. I, I found the part. Matt, if you want to go to 210, you get to hear him say it. It's just like in a movie when they're like, welcome to the Matrix. You get to hear them say the album title in the song. I can't wait to get out of Africa. This is Sempaternal. This is Sempaternal. Welcome. Watch your feet. Take a seat. That's yeah. right. Sit back and relax. Yep. <laughs> For a Terry Date great sound. That's right. There are a lot of little like cabin signs in Terry Dates. <laughs> Proximity As all grass times. Yep. <laughs> No one rides for free. No one rides for free. Oh, boy. Boobs, bush, and balls. (laughs) Those are the pictures that you could bring my (laughs) senior year molecular biology teacher in high school from spring break if you wanted extra credit. Times were different. Oh, boy. Wow. I need something for my spring break. (laughs) I guess he did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He he passed away a few years ago. Uh, I don't oh. want to see what was locked in that <laughs> right Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. All right. Okay. Well, well, all right. thanks for taking that trip down mem lane with me. Happy, uh, happy to. We have an album's <laughs> worth of songs left, so. Here we go. Uh, the next song is called, And the Snakes Start to Sing. <laughs> Imagine if they did. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the song. What? (laughs) Oh my God. Tell your friends to sharpen their teeth. There's a few quid to be made. And my soul's a sorry state. So come on down, you empty lovers. And the snake starts sing. Bit of a slow boy with some BB boys and digital effects. Kind of a dirgy chorus. The dirgy chorus gave me a bit of a new metal y, almost like a stained vibe, sort of. 
Uh, not my favorite on the album, but I wasn't upset about it. Jenny, thoughts on this one? Uh, pretty similar. It it seemed like it was about time for a slow boy if we were going to get one, and I assumed we would based on all the bleeps and bloops. Um, I really didn't mind it. Uh, I didn't get the stained as much, but I guess I'm actively not looking for stained normally. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of gave me that weird. Uh, the only thing I have as a touchstone is taking back Sunday. That kind of like weird emo, mm-hmm. hardcore crossover. Yeah, it kind of gave me those vibes. I got a lot of that from this record. Yeah. Um, with like, especially because it has like a lot of like the gang vocals. Mm. Um, that it there were a few moments in this that reminded not in this song specifically, but in this record that like reminded me a little bit of like a Wilhelm scream. Like okay. Their, their first few records. I haven't listened to the the later stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of like it goes back to what Lauren was saying earlier about how you see like all of these different influences because Taking Back Sunday wasn't really a contemporary of no. them. Right? I wouldn't think so, but like yeah. I can play songs that are them that have this in this particular song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to place Taking Back Sunday and Yeah. I feel like they're more in the like that They're way more on the emo. Yeah, like well they're they're in like that Hawthorne Heights, My Chemical Romance yeah. era. Yeah. Like like two thousand five? Yeah, totally. two thousand five, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's kinda what I got from that one. And uh I got yeah, I, there was a couple songs just a little earlier that I got like a little bit like I actually wrote in my notes, but I didn't mention it. Was that I like sleepwalking gave me like it could have been a My Chemical Romance song with some tweaking, um, just a little. These guys are a little more studied, I guess. Well, I mean, like My Chemical Romance kind of got to this point at a certain point. What I think like prime like Three Cheers era My Chemical Romance. They're just like we're just here to wreck it, you know. We're not here to slow it down. And at this point, this is record number four for these guys. I want to say. And so they've they've already had their record era. I mean, the thing is, if you go back to Suicide Season, which is prime, that metalcore, emo, I don't understand girls, like, I'm just... 2008. Yeah, I'm just losing my mind. The front cover is a woman holding her intestines. It's nuts. And that album, honestly, depending on the day, it's either going to be Ripper City for you and you're just going to bop through it or it's going to be an endurance test. I've been through both on every listen. I never know how it's going to be for me. There have been listens where I'm like, this thing rules. I love it. Just let's keep rocking. And then other ones where I'm just like, um, this needs to stop like right now. Yeah, I got to take a break. It's a rough go. So that album also has a deluxe edition with remixes of every song, including some remixes by one master of the barrel clown from Slipknot. Oh, boy. Oh, I thought you were going to say DJ Worm. I'm like, DJ Worm, them remixes. DJ Worm, I love him. Love him. I love his little vehicle. But um, the master of the barrel is always going to be. I mean, really, the master of the bat in the barrel is clown. That's so, true. Yeah. DJ Worm doesn't have a bat, to doesn't, my knowledge. Does not. Um, songmeanings.com, GLB8686 says, I think it's about about being at the bottom and all anyone wants to do is make money out of you so-called friends sponging etc which i was like dark take it was upvoted 
Then Verity Loves 92 said, I agree. And this guy's comment on how we're all better off dead. I was like, what? He goes, I love that. If we were never even alive, we wouldn't have to feel the things we feel. Go through the shit we've all seen before countless times. Never have to feel like God-fucked thing. New word, never heard before. That's what truly pisses me off. Being alive for the sake of someone else's loneliness. Never have to had a say whatsoever. Fuck you and the shiny white horse you rode in on. Fucking love this song, but it's a bittersweet thing. Stick out tongue emoji. So this guy is a little mad. His parents fucked. Just a little pissed about it. Pissed about it. I would be lying if I <laughs> pretended like I never screamed at my parents, I didn't ask to be born. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. I get it. Wow. I was probably like 13 when I did that. I'm not sure how old the commenter is, but you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> hey. Uh, hey, hey, didn't ask to be born. Nobody asked to be born. As far as we know, maybe we all asked and we just forgot. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I get emails all the time that I don't remember subscribing to. I could have asked to be born. I don't know. Uh, Check me out at the uh, laugh station. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somebody pulls out the Red Queen and is like, your genes asked to be born. No, no. Uh, uh, oh, boy. We got some more songs. Do you want to listen to any of them? If they're on this album, absolutely. Okay. The next song on this album is Seen It All Before. Every second soaked in sadness Every weekend is over And I'm drowning in the deja vu We've seen it all Yeah, this one goes in just a very emo metalcore direction. This was honestly on my first listen for this episode when I got to this song, I did get a little worried that I had uh picked the wrong album. <laughs> just because <laughs> this song I, I you know, the first listen you're just sort of like giving it cursory stuff. So I'm hearing, you know, the sheep line and I'm hearing little bits, but then this came out and I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Is this just an emo metalcore record? And I was wrong, but I feel some other stuff happens, but but this one, yeah, this feels more like uh, like just more to like a softer version of what they've been doing before. So I didn't mind it, but you know, I'm on this new metal hunt, baby. So yeah, yeah, Jenny? I agree. It definitely. I was like, all right, we got these slow boys. This is just, yeah, this is like an emo-y situation. Wasn't mad at it, but. Mm. The top of it, though, did give me a lot of Linkin Park. Yeah? Yeah. 
Now, if you talk about broadening your audience, this is how you do it, boys. You slow it down, you get in your feels, and you sing it out. Something, something I did learn at Bed Bath & Beyond, women like feelings. <laughs> this is the truth. This is true. This is true. If you, uh, if you ever talk to a woman, Okay. Abroad. 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 If you talk to abroad and you ask her, how are you doing? And then you listen and then reciprocate. They love it. They love Sploosh. it. Sploosh. Sploosh. That's Sploosh. a sploosion, You Sploosh. know what I mean? What I'm, saying, what I'm saying, do that, but also don't wear your nice shoes. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't want to get that cool down there. <laughs> oh, put no. on your galoshes. You know oh, yeah. I mean? Squish, squish. Oh, squish, boy. Squish. That's right. Bring it's an a, umbrella. It's a... It's a wet underwear. <laughs> 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 and it's mostly not pee. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, mostly, mostly not pee. You're telling me. The juice. Oh. That's it. Oh, boy. So fucking crazy. Oh, Let good. me tell you. You ever had to get rid of a wet mattress? It's not fun. <laughs> not fun. <laughs> That's why they make those foam ones so cheap. That's right. Put it out of the curb. Bring a new one in. <laughs> Rotate them out. Thank you so much. That's why a waterbed was invented. That's right. <laughs> Casper, no thank you. Waterbed, hello, the waves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm about to set sail on that puss. <laughs> truly, truly. All right. Um. All right. I just saw what the next song is. I'm super hyped. Let's do it. All right. It's Antivist. Someone get D. Snyder on the phone because we've got a new we're not going to take it. Oh, boy. Uh, divided will fail. Uh, Matt, Matt, United you, will fail. You, okay. Divided will fall. We're fucked and you're making it worse. <laughs> I mean. I mean. <sighs> Let me tell you. This thing, the first time I heard this song, I remember thinking, this is it. This is the song. This is the best song I've ever heard. I've calmed down a little bit, but man, oh, man. (laughs) Man, oh, man. It starts up with those drums and that riff, and you're like, oh, are we back to doing some hot shit? And then literally the first thing he says is middle fingers up if you don't give a fuck. (sighs) Yes, done. You're welcome. Incredible. 
Incredible. And we have middle fingers that simply will not go down. Oh my gosh. It's oh. A problem. <sighs> middle and people fingers. hate it. And people get mad, and I'm like, I understand. I'm sorry, but this is the condition I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. These, I, I'm I, the middle finger up because I don't give a fuck, but also I have a middle finger that won't go down. It's it, what you know what it both fits me. It's a gift and a curse. The gift and a curse. Middle fingers up because I don't give a fuck, but I can't get it to go down. Oh, oh man, yeah. I'm sorry I ruined your birthday party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't ask to be born. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, and at one point he's so mad he says the c word. I mean, Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> he says, he says the word Christmas. He screams Christmas. He screams cheese. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's uh, it's it's quite something. Jenny, thoughts on Antivist? Uh, this is probably my favorite song on the record. It's definitely the closest in keeping with what I would consider to be a. If I had to choose a a new metal representative, this would be the one. <laughs> You'd send this um, one, this one to represent you at the uh, New Metal United Nations. Yeah. <laughs> From this album, yeah. yes, <laughs> not from all of the new metal songs no, no, in the no. world. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, this um, I wrote in my notes. Uh, this feels new metal, you guys. I love it. This is fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of. I mean, this other lyric: "The world's in the shit, and your children are fucked." <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, it's funny. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, should I go for melody or rhyme, or should I just go from vitriol? And and I bet you, I think everybody in there was like scorched earth. Please. I, I mean, and this was 2013. Yeah. So I'd be curious to know how it feels now because we fucked. <laughs> we fucked good. Oh, oh yeah, things are bad. Um, Matt. Antivist, best song you've ever heard. I have to say, I was amped from the jump. Uh huh. What a start! Middle fingers up. If you don't give a fuck, come on. Mm-hmm. That's that's a call to arms. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, united we fail, divided we fall. We're fucked, and you're making it worse. Ah, oh, that's Mwah, chef's mm. kiss. This, you know what? This fits well with the "I didn't ask to be born" thesis. Really, really does. I mean, yeah. Um, there was one lyric. Th- uh, sorry, not one lyric. One uh, comment I liked. Um, it was from Mikey K, who said, "Middle fingers up if you don't give a fuck." I love it. Fuck what people say. Perfect comment. You did it. Yeah, fuck Got what em. people say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm feeling so great. Let's keep going. All right. Up next on this album is Crooked Young. Steps 
so uh, this song, Ali was coming out of, or was in rehab, and was put into the 12-step program. And one of the parts of the 12-step program is accepting God as your Savior in various forms. And Ali was not on board with that option. Didn't like that. And uh, was pushing back. He wrote this song. He's screaming, fuck your faith. No one's going to save you. Ollie was in a dark place. At one point, he says, the clouds won't hear your fucking prayers. So if you were rooming with Ollie during <laughs> rehab, I'm sure he was just a peach. Well, uh, yeah. you know. You know. I'm sure that person was also a peach. I don't um, know much about ketamine, but my mm, mom told me yeah. that one minute you're laughing, the next minute you're crying. <laughs> So <laughs> apparently my mom was into ketamine for a while. What? Whoa. My, my parents, I think they did their fair share of drugs. Wow. Yeah, wow. Before, before I was born. Mm. I mean, so they say, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this, uh, your mom, number one, we're in uh, <laughs> Sons of Anarchy hoodie. Yeah. And now hitting you with the ketamine talk. I feel like my dad may have like come into some ketamine when he was in college and like was supposed to sell it, but then wound up doing a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. These are all stories that my parents chose to share with me on trips to and from college. (laughs) One minute you're laughing. The next minute you're crying. Ah. Don't chase, don't chase the cat tranquilizer. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I was uh, I was at a New Year's Eve party recently, and um, I think I talked about it that I was at the party where I found out it was like a, a whole drug room that I didn't know about because I'm a dad. I'm not aware of my surroundings. Yeah, yeah. So I was at a different party. I was talking to somebody, and they were like, "Oh, were you at the ketamine party?" And I was like, "There was ketamine there too." So I feel like I was just like walking through like a, a like a meth lab. I wasn't even aware because I was just like, "Happy Halloween, everybody!" <laughs> Buddy, that is me with drugs and sex my whole life. Mm-hmm. I could walk into a party with people fucking, and I would be like, "Who wants to talk about mystery science theater?" Like, <laughs> yeah. just. And then just I, the I driest up, penis. I just. pop up on the other other side of the room, and I'm like, "Holy shit, you an MST3K, bro?" Hey, bro. I'm in. I would have been there with you. It took me until I was like pretty well seated into my twenties <laughs> to notice anything like that. Yeah, like just whooshed over. Oh yeah, I remember like hearing like stuff that my friends did or was going on at parties like right before like or like I usually left pretty early, but I'd be like, what? <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> How do people do that? I watched somebody uh, do a rail off of their dashboard in Hamtramck, and I was like, "Well, this is going to be an interesting night." Like before, I walked into the bar, and I was like, oh, "This is going to get interesting." Yeah, I mean, many years later, fast forward to me like doing coke in a magician's bedroom with like. <laughs> A guy who had a nickname that he gave himself that I met doing karaoke who slept in his car, like stumbling around Ipsy at all hours of the night. So, like, I got there. It just took me longer. Again, Jenny, these layers. A magician who gave himself his own nickname. You can't do that. That's not allowed. No, it was a magician's house. 
who probably also, but there was a guy who used to do karaoke at this bar that I would hang out at regularly who gave himself a nickname. Uh, and he would always do, and he was this like super tall guy. And everybody would be like, oh, this guy. Yeah, like he lives in his car. He's fucking crazy. He was always wearing suspenders. And he was like six foot five. He was just huge. What was the nickname? Oh, the amazing Mark. Oh, f- Mark, do better. <laughs> Come on, you gave. I hope you he's gave okay. Him, I hope he's. <laughs> I hope he's doing really well. I yeah, mean, this I was okay. like this was probably like twelve or thirteen years ago, but you know, whatever. Anyway, the point is. <laughs> uh, crooked young baby, we're all crooked young. <laughs> we are all uh, truly. Um, so, I believe what we only have one song left. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> on this record? On this record. On this record. This is I, the last call for questions about this record. Oh, I'm sorry, because on Spotify, I see five more songs. That is the deluxe edition, and we are not doing that. No. Perfect. So how respectful of our time is this album? This album? The non-deluxe edition? <laughs> the 11 plus song non-deluxe edition. Uh, That comes in at 44 minutes and 11 seconds yowza <laughs> that is pretty respectful of our time actually that's respectful of our time but it just so it does this album does feel a little longer than that a little long um in my opinion mm-hmm. all right the final song on this album oh, not the deluxe edition mm-hmm. is hospital for souls Ketamine is one day you're laughing, the next you're crying. It's true. It's true.
So <clears throat> this makes sense as a album closer, um, which is something that kind of irritated me with the Tacked On Deluxe Edition is that like this feels like a proper ending and then they just throw a couple, which aren't bad songs. Um, you know, I listened to them a few times, but this feels like the end of an album conceptually, uh, which I appreciate it. I mean, could I have used another rocker? Maybe, but as a bookend to uh, Can You Feel My Heart, it makes sense. So I liked it. Jenny, thoughts? Uh, I liked it. It was a very, very emotional, moody, moody boy, angsty boy, but I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked Throw Me to the Flames, Watch Me Burn. Sure. Love it. Uh, Yeah. Thought it was good. Seems to be about going through addiction. Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing. Good thing to write a song about. Absolutely. Matt. Yeah, buddy. Thoughts on Hospital for Souls? You know, I was... While I was listening to it and knowing the story about the uh, that he was going through rehab and battling addiction and that this is the last track out, I feel... I feel like it's a good closing note to that chapter in his life. Like, it just feels kind of like, okay, I got that out. I'm ready to move on. I think so. I think so. Um, And that's the album. This album. Sempiternal. This, this album. That is this album. That is this okay. album. Standard Sem- edition. Standard edition. You want the deluxe edition? It's on all the streaming services. Okay. So you guys. Um I'll start off. Uh I wrote Bring Me the Horizon are really trying it all on this album. Um it definitely feels transitional. Like they couldn't bring themselves to quite make the big jump yet. We have moments of new Linkin Park style, but much more symphonic and emo metalcore happening here more than anything else. If I were to nominate anything for the canon, it would be my boy, Antivist. Middle fingers up, because you don't give a fuck. We're fucked, and you're making it worse. Thoughts, Jenny? Uh, I agree with you. If anything were to go in, it would be that song. Um, I don't know. Is this an example of what, I don't know, the same way that we have some Papa stuff and I, I don't know. I just don't know where this would like fall in the canon. Like the rest of it I liked, but no, not for the canon, but I feel, I feel like Antivist would slot in well between like a like a like a my ticket home song that kind of that kind of thing i mean this is also like the same year as that my ticket home record um so that was kind of where i was coming from but yeah yeah, that's i mean if if we're to pick i mean we don't necessarily have to pick anything from it because it was very much like borderline but antivist definitely lyrically really put me in that zone um more than anything else I thought it put me in the zone more than anything else as well, but I'm not entirely convinced that that's the new metal zone and not just like a hardcore. Mm-hmm. This is a great fucking song zone. Yeah. Ooh, good point. Good point. Matt, 
Thoughts? I'm I'm saying that it it's a good listen. There's dashes, but I am a pass for the canon. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I, I think yeah. Antivist is a fucking ripper. It's straight a, up. It's a straight up ripper. It's a ripper. Put it in the the ripper book. <laughs> uh but yeah yeah i think you're right yeah because it is definitely that is the thing more than anything is that it it does sort of flirt with a lot of these things but i think they definitely embrace it on on uh, the records after this one before going completely off the deep end on this new record that they just surprise dropped that is just i don't even know like at one point i think there's like a like a meditation like a 28 minute song where it's just ollie talking to you and like over like a loop it's nuts these guys are wild um so there you have it bring me the horizon not on the canon but they're definitely trying things out trying new things and uh that is it for the episode thank you so much for listening matt matt you got the one new more? album is called music to dance to blaze to pray to feed to sleep to talk to grind to trip to Free to help to hurt to scroll to roll to yeah yeah matt and i've listened to the whole thing and i haven't done all the things that it mentions but i believe that you probably could well there we go there you have it so yeah this is <laughs> this is uh the end I'm of the sorry, episode I, no, it's I, okay I, it's okay I'm sorry that i threw it's that okay. off but it's okay just, that's insane it's nuts um and so that is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Roach Coach, and all those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to see you at our live show this Sunday, the 19th of January, 2 p.m. at Go Comedy Improv Theater. We're going to be talking about Jay-Z Lincoln Park Collision Course. It's going to be very exciting. We'd love to see you there. Help out a good cause. Uh if not, we'll post a link up on our Facebook and you can donate and help out that way. And I think we have it so that if you donate, um, you can be entered to uh, for the raffle. I think you just have to leave a comment okay? so that it basically buy raffle tickets that way. I'll 100% have that information in a post on Wednesday. Perfect. And uh, that'll be great. All right. Until next time, Jenny. Thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Little fingers up if you don't give a fuck. I'm sick to death of swallowing.